0: This week's Parsha is Parsha's Noyach. Um On the surface, not a very happy or exciting Parsha. The, um, the majority of the Parsha is the story of Noach and the Flood, the Great Mabul, where um, basically the vast majority of the world was destroyed, the entire world was destroyed aside from Noach and his family in the Teva. Um, and then after the Mabul, um, things don't get much better because we have the story with Noyach's son, with Cham. Um, and then going on in the Parsha where we have the story of the generation of the Haflugo, the people who built the tower, who were trying to fight God in one way or another, and they were destroyed. So it's a Parsha that definitely its majority deals seemingly with uh, destruction and retribution and punishment. On the other hand, the name of the Parsha is Noyach, which Noyach, aside from being the name of a tzaddik, the word Noyach means peace or nachas or pleasure. Um, and here we have one of those situations where the name of the Parsha indicates that there's something deeper in the Parsha. Um, that, whereas we might have named the Parsha, if we were doing the naming, uh, the Parsha of Destruction, or the Parsha of Retribution, or the Parsha of the Flood. Um, the name of the Parsha is a Parsha of Peace, and of, of, uh, of Nachas. And how do we reconcile that? Or what's the deeper message in this Parsha, which is the reason why the Parsha carries this name? And, of course, there's more than one um, answer to this question, as is usually the case. Um, I want to focus on one of the answers given. Uh, perhaps the most powerful message in this parsha is the message of the power of quality over quantity. Um, we think about it, Noach was one family, one small family, a man with his three sons and their wives, um, versus an entire world an entire world that was really spiraling into immorality and to the worst types of behavior on every level, uh, be it between man and God or man and man, it was a terrible world. And you have, again, the vast majority of the world, quantitatively, is just getting worse and worse. And one tzaddik, one tzaddik with his family who decided we're going to be different, and one who's watching this... uh, with uh, any level of pessimism, or really realism, would say, okay, finished, you know, goodness is over in this world, badness reigns, and badness is supreme, and that's the vast majority of the world, and what we have here is a total turning of the tables, and that is that all of this badness disappears, it's all destroyed, and the world resumes... It's like reset from Noach. Noach survives, his family survives, and from them come the continuation of the world. Um, go a couple of generations later, and the same thing happens. This new world is again becoming um, immoral. Again, is becoming anti-God, and that's the generation of the Haflaga. And again, there seems to be no hope, and then suddenly Avram Avinu rises on the scene, and goodness and holiness comes through again from Avram Avinu. Which means, although many times we have the tendency of looking at the big picture and making quantitative um, decisions, we say there's so much quantity, for sure that's what's going to reign, that's what's going to be victorious. Torah teaches us that it's not about quantity, it's about quality. If one person and one family decides that we're going to be tzaddikim and we're going to be moral and we're going to be ethical and we're going to be godly, so the world will come from them and continue from them. Badness and immorality and that which is not godly ultimately has no kium, has no existence and will ultimately one way or another way fall apart and, 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 and disappear and be forgotten and goodness and holiness and kindness will ultimately persevere and even if it's a very tiny spark of goodness. That tiny spark of goodness is going to carry through, and is going to continue, and is going to live on to the next generation and the next generation. Whereas all of that huge, great darkness will be forgotten. In our own life as well, this message is very prevalent. Aside from the fact that we can have really the same thinking process today and look around the look at the world around us and find so much immorality and so much negativity and so much, uh, you know not godliness in the world around us and many times we feel that goodness and kindness and holiness is a extreme minority in the world so that the message of the parsha is extremely prevalent as it is that we believe that holiness will prevail and goodness will prevail no matter if it's quantitatively the majority or the vast minority aside from that in our own life we have the same thing if a person takes their own hours of the their own 24 hours of the day and if and they think what's my occupation the majority of my time. Is it in holy things? Is it in spiritual things? Is it in good things? Well, all too often we'll realize, no, most of our time we're involved in very mundane and physical things. A lot of of our time goes for sleeping and for eating and for basic, just very basic physical things in ways that we could be very um, similar to animals do exactly the same thing. And a small portion of our time is devoted to holiness and to mitzvahs and to Torah and to kindness and to chesed. So, what am I? Am I... You know, if I judge myself based on the quantity of time, so there's, there's, I'm, I'm basically like an animal or a very materialistic person. And again, only the, the goodness and the holiness is only that that hour or that two hours or the half hour that I'm able to devote for this. But the message of Nayak is that it's really not about quantity and quality. It's about holiness versus not holiness. And the holiness is what's going to be the one that's going to prevail. It's going to be the one that's ultimately meaningful and ultimately around to last. The and Tanya says that when a person is coming to do a mitzvah, a person has to remember that when I do one mitzvah, النزخي, it's an everlasting connection to Hashem and an everlasting energy and light that I bring into this world. And that's everlasting. You know, when we talk about the coming of Mashiach, many times the question is asked that we talk about Mashiach is coming, but our generation doesn't seem to be especially holy generation. Um, And especially in relation to previous generations, there seem to be people who are greater, holier, wiser, more spiritual. So why are we saying that our generation is the coming of Mashiach? Or how could it be that we should merit the coming of Mashiach if generations that preceded us did not? And the answer that's typically given is that of course, we on our own are not more worthy than the previous generations. Rather, the, um, the metaphor is that we're like a midget on the shoulders of a giant. That the previous generations um, did, you know who were greater than us and they, they learned Torah and they did mitzvahs and they perfected themselves and the world around them were like a giant. And we're just finishing off the last step. So we're standing on their shoulders and therefore we're able to accomplish um, with the accumulative good of the previous generations. Will last last almost 2,000 years in Golos, or 3,300 years since the giving of Torah. The question then is, okay, but if it's accumulative, so then all the bad is also accumulative of the previous generations. So yeah, there's a lot of accumulated good, but isn't there a lot of accumulated bad? And the answer is the answer of the Sikhs Parsha. And that is that bad ultimately is not accumulative. Bad ultimately doesn't continue, is not everlasting. Bad gets destroyed, bad gets lost. Holiness and goodness is accumulative. Hashem, who is everlasting, and anything connected to Hashem, that's what's everlasting and that's what's never going to get lost. And the story of the Jewish people is this, is this story as well. We've gone through every type of oppression and yet we're here. And all those major kingdoms and major nations and major empires which were so much larger than us and greater than us and stronger than us at every step of the way, they're gone. And the little guy, the guy that held on to Hashem and held on to Torah is very much still here and very much still alive. So that's true for the world picture. It's true for the personal picture. It's true for our own life. One might, one, one might make a, you know, a pessimistic um, uh, um, reckoning of their own life and say, you know, I do so much more bad than good might be true, but the badness can disappear. Shuva takes away bad. Badness doesn't have that everlasting um, power that goodness and holiness does. So every mitzvah that I ever did is right there, right there helping me. It's a stepping stone to go further. And the Averas I wipe away time and time again. May Hashem help us to take this message of noach and never, never be impressed or never be um, in any way um, afraid of big bad things or or the or the um or the quantity of things around us that don't uh, represent kedusha and holiness and hashem and goodness and kindness and recognize that only these godliness and goodness and kindness are everlasting and are greater and bigger and stronger than everything else they're the ones that will prevail they're the ones that accumulate and will bring us very soon to the coming of mashiach sedkenu a guten shabbos